0: You're listening to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the industry spotlight series. In this episode, LTC REITs co-presidents Pam Kessler and Clint Malin discuss the company's focus and passion for the senior living industry.
1: Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the senior living podcast with Josh and Lucas. This is an industry spotlight Thursday. We're really, really happy to have some great guests on the program today. LTC co-presidents, we've got Pam Kessler. And Clint Malin, welcome to the program.
2: Hi. Thank for having us. Thanks for having us. Hi Josh.
0: Hello, it's great to have you all with us. Thanks for taking time. Pam, I can't
1: I can't believe how how long it seems since we've seen you. We had the pleasure of sitting down with you at the Spring Nick conference earlier this year and had a great conversation. And our world looks a little bit different, but we're happy to get remote conversations going with both of you. So welcome today.
2: Thank you. It it seems like uh, an eternity ago that we just sat down. You're right; it was much different.
1: Well, and we're uh, excited to have Clint on the program as well. All right. So, leading into our discussion today, we've got a number of topics to go over. And, uh, Clint, this is your first time on the program, so we'll start with you. Let's talk about business philosophy from a perspective. What do you think makes a great partnership?
3: We think makes a great partnership is it's a collaborative approach. Uh, to doing business. Um, we strive to be responsive to needs of our operating partners by offering different types of financing solutions, anywhere from a uh, long-term permanent financing through uh, triple net lease structures um, to development financing, uh, loans, as well as structured finance products. Uh, so being, offered to a, being able to offer that array of products uh, to an operator we think is, is beneficial um, also, we think that um, focusing on regionally based providers, which usually are smaller organizations, are a better fit for the size of our organization, being one of the smaller cap because There's a better alignment of interest given the um, size of uh, organizations.
0: So, Clint, you mentioned um, regional operators as one of your focuses. Are there any specific characteristics or traits in an operator when you are looking to explore news relationships or partners that you're specifically looking to?
3: Sure, it's a good question. Um, one of our main focuses is really understanding what the company's approach is and knowing their limitations and their skill sets and their focus focuses. Um, we like companies that don't try to grow beyond their capabilities and operate outside of their existing markets. So, um, we find an organization that can articulate to us, um, you know, what their strategic goals are, and stay steadfast to those. Um, we think they can be more nimble and take advantage of opportunities in their local markets by really focusing on those markets.
1: You know. Uh- Pam, one of the taglines that you guys have that I find uh, so fascinating is a great tagline. It's called REIT Done Differently. How is LTC different from other REITs?
2: Um, well, being a smaller cap healthcare REIT, um, we have not uh, opted to uh, become involved in operations. And um, that's something that some of the larger and medium sized um, peers of ours have, have done. And that's essentially where um, it's called the idea transaction and it's where the capital provider uh, takes an ownership stake in the operations of the healthcare real estate. And um, this results in additional reporting and sometimes interference in operation decision-making that uh, some operators find burdensome. Um, We don't believe the fee management structure results in the best alignment of interest for LTC and we believe the operators are most motivated when the results of their efforts and successes are reflected in their bottom line profits. Uh, another differentiating factor and an advantage for us over our larger peers is our size. As a smaller we, re- we can focus on smaller deals that often get overlooked by our larger peers who seek to acquire big portfolios um, that often come with portfolio premiums. Um, smaller transactions are typically have better investment returns, um, which results in meaningful earnings growth um, that supports our diversification efforts at LTC. I think I think the thing to
3: add to that also is, you know, we're not going in with a preconceived notion um, with an operator on how we have to deploy capital. We're really trying to be proactive and identify operating companies to work with and bring a solution to them. So that may mean that an initial transaction with an operating company may be through a structured fans product. Um, or through a real estate joint venture, something that provides financing that maybe they're more accustomed to. Or organizations that haven't utilized, say, back financing. So uh, we really try to be um, to come in and listen to our operating partners and understand what their needs are, and over time, be able to hopefully develop growth opportunities with them.
2: Right, and rather than have like a cookie cutter approach um, that some of our larger. Peers or other capital providers may have, we really try to custom tailor uh, solutions for, uh, to fit our operators' needs. And as a smaller REIT, our operators are dealing, um, working with uh, the, the decision makers. And, um, I think that for us and for our, um, operators that, that, that enables us to craft um a customized solution for them that meets their needs. You know, we really listen to our operators and 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 try to work um with uh you know solutions that, that will optimize you know their their results and um meet their needs.
3: You know we think the size, although we were probably, we are the smallest healthcare read out there, we really view that to be an advantage to our organization, given the focus we have on regionally based operating companies. Um, you know, we, as Pam mentioned, we have the ability to look at, at one-off transactions, which we think have better better price, or uh, better risk-adjusted returns, um, and there's not as much competition for one-off transactions. So that is a small read. We can do smaller transactions, still be creative to our organization, but also allows us to help diversify our operator base um, so we don't have an operator concentration
2: risk. Yeah, exactly, and and we also seek to offer you know permanent financing solutions to our operators so they don't have to worry about refinancing risks or exit timelines that some equity providers require, which could involve an operator losing their operations of the property upon a scale or requiring them to raise more equity. Uh, we believe the best use of an operator's time and talent is running and expanding their business, not capital raising. Uh, as a publicly traded REIT, we raise capital very efficiently and bring that competitive advantage to the table to help our operators.
3: One, one thing about operators too is when we're looking at evaluating operators, we actually like operators that have different capital structures and different financing sources. You know, We don't want to be an exclusive provider of capital just as we don't have you know, debt with just one, um, you know, one company. We like that diversification. So one thing we look at with operators is how they capitalize the organization, and we think that it's a strength if they have a diversity of access to capital. Uh, if they own certain assets, that gives them the ability to go ahead and, and um, you know refinance and financial flexibility. Uh, you know, lease financing, joint venture uh, partnerships, with us is just another avenue of growth.
0: Well, that brings us, um, you know, one of the questions that we had for you all. Obviously, the world right now as we are living in it, is a lot different than the first time we had the privilege of speaking with you all, which was just several months ago. Um, And one of the many challenges that I think our industry is facing, and operators are facing, is the topic of financing. And you started touching on it there. So from your perspective... What are the top financing challenges and what are some of the tools that you guys are working towards with your operators to kind of meet those challenges?
2: Well, with the uncertainty regarding how the pandemic will affect cap rates, operating margins um, and labor pressures long term, we're currently focusing on shorter duration and higher yielding investments like uh, meslums and preferred equity. Uh, we haven't backed away from underwriting investments during this time. We're a long-term capital provider dedicated to this industry, um, but we're just being more cautious in this environment. Um, we've heard some some banks uh, have stopped um, underwriting in our space, uh, taking a either temporary or maybe long-term pause. Um, we're not doing that. We're just being more cautious and, um, you know, Expect expect when we either return to normal or we have greater visibility into what the new normal will look like. Um, that that we will we've got a lot of dry powder. We've got great liquidity um, and we'll be uh, ready to invest uh, at at you know more 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 full levels.
3: <laughs> I would yeah, say I mean, we've I mean, we
2: got the the gas pedal about half down it's all the way to the floor right now.
3: Sure. And you know, our business development team is actively engaged with various participants in the market, from operators to bankers to intermediaries um, to appraisers, just trying to get a sense of where opportunity might lie and and where there could be uh, situations for us to invest. Um, you know, as we see a price disconnect right now um, between uh, on some assets that are coming to market, there is this price discovery process that is processes taking place. But one area that we have seen Um, in talking to various uh, constituents in the marketplace is development financing um, has become reduced. A lot of the national banks have pulled back from um, development financing um, and we have seen some opportunity where uh, we have experienced operating companies um, that have a proven track record with development that have been able to source a substantial amount of equity um, and there are certain regional banks providing development financing. We've seen an opportunity where we can come in and, and uh, help companies by providing either a pervert per equity or a mezzanine strip in the capital stack. And right now we're seeing opportunities where uh, we're sitting um, in the capital stack at a lower percentage than we would um, pre-COVID. So that's definitely an opportunity we're seeing right now. And especially with COVID, you know, looking at selective development projects that we think have a lot of equity, you know, it's it's an investment that um, takes off the pressure of, of COVID at the moment because you're not worrying about operations for another 18 to 24 months until the project comes online.
0: Interesting point. So, um, transitioning just a little bit, um, I'm assuming LTC, like the rest of the world, has had to pivot and go virtual, and we've talked about virtual conferences and working from virtual offices. We're all right now, not in person doing this. We're actually doing this over a virtual platform. How has that changed and how have you guys been able to respond to operators and your operations in the new virtual world that we were living in currently?
3: It's just an adaptation. I mean, you know, we look at it. um, I, I give you an example from various aspects um, obviously, just within LTC, you know, we've been using uh, communication channels uh, as far as you know, video uh, conferencing for just internal meetings. Um, you know, operators are utilizing virtual platform um, for um, property t- or for tours uh, for family members. Um, we're looking at non-deal roadshows um, from an investor perspective, which are pretty much all converted to virtual. So, I think this is just. Um, Something that was available from a technology standpoint, people had the crutch of being able to travel and um, you know meet people in person. And, and through this technology, there's really a more efficient platform to be able to um, to interact with people. Great example of this is, is we've actually done a virtual property tour on an investment opportunity, um, and it was an interesting aspect because uh, we saved time and money in doing that, but we actually were able to have a larger number of people on our team participate um, because of the virtual platform. Um, So that was actually helpful. On some of the development projects that we're looking at right now, the use of drone technology um, has been a very interesting aspect of being able to get a sense of the market, um, the site. Um, So we're trying to leverage as much as possible those aspects sort of in the new normal.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the the pandemic has accelerated the timeline for the adaptation and incorporation of the technologies. Clint talked about telehealth, that's been a big one. Um, The virtual family visits and virtual property tours um, by prospective residents and their families. And I think even after the threat of the pandemic has passed, these innovations can complement and supplement the in-person interactions With healthcare providers and family providing more frequent um, and convenient touch points for the residents because technology is all about convenience. And um, if it's easier for a resident to have a telehealth visit for a, you know, routine checkup, rather than have to get transportation, spend, you know, an hour at the doctor's office in transportation home and a family member or caregiver assisting them, um, the logistics are just much, much more convenient to do it via telehealth. Now, it's not going to replace all in-person contact. I think one thing we've learned through the pandemic is that we all crave um, <clears throat> human interaction and, uh, and and communication in person and touch points, but I think... That technology can supplement that, and we can actually have more, more, and uh, more frequent interactions with um, uh, with between family and and doctors. Um, I, I think you know we were we people are slow to change until a change is thrust upon us, and I think we've done a great job in embracing this. And our our office switched to work from home in less than a week. Our IT manager, (laughs) I'm not sure he got much sleep that week, but um, he set everybody up remotely to work from home. And, you know, we were able to hit the ground running. Um, You know, the human spirit is amazing. People are resilient and adaptable. And uh, I think this is just, you know, uh, just one of the, uh, in a long history of humankind, of, of events that that resulted in some permanent change. You know, an yeah. interesting
3: aspect also to the um, you know the virtual tours for families, it, it's no longer about um, the family member who lives in the same location as a loved one is looking for a place to live. All of a sudden, it, using the example I gave of of the virtual property tour that we did from an investment perspective, by allowing more of our teams to join in, now family members can participate. Um, you know regardless of where they live. So I think that can be more of an inclusive uh, family engagement. Um, and in talking with operators in the space, um, you know, the conversion rate of tours seems to be um, increasing because of the ability, you have, you have more serious um, uh, people looking for placements in communities and um, you know, the virtual tours uh, are leading to people who are inquiring that are, that are more serious about moving.
1: So another great topic is resident engagement. And uh, there's an exciting thing that you guys are a part of with Juniper. It's called Virtual Connections. Tell us more about that.
2: Yeah. um, In conjunction with Juniper, we created a website uh, called Virtual Connections. And it provides vital social engagement programming for seniors. And we've made this available for free, not just to our residents, uh, the residents in our communities, but to seniors across the country. And Um, It is really exciting. We rolled it out early and we continue to make um, improvements on it. And it's been really well received. Actually, Clint's mother, who is not, uh, who does not live in a uh, senior housing community, is even using it and and, and loves it. (laughs) She was showing it the other day. He's like, no, mom, I'm familiar with that program.
3: I, I, w- I was surprised about that um, and this is an example in partnering with Juniper where we have not only made just a, um, you know, a, a monetary contribution in being able to bring something, whether supporting an organization or benefiting the industry somehow, I mean, we actually took on uh, an active role um, in uh, with Mandy Hogan in uh, helping design and develop all this in conjunction with Juniper. So it's somewhere where we've gotten more involved than we typically have. Um, Uh, outside of just financial sponsorship.
0: Well, that's a great point. So, um, you know, I know a big, big part of who you guys are is priding yourselves on not being um, as hands on with the operators, which I think is oftentimes a positive thing, you know, especially for the operators to take the pressure off of them sometimes at that perceived negativity. But there's also some things just like virtual connections, which you're actually lending a hand to your operators during these difficult times. So have you found yourself in positions at LTC to where? all hands on deck and there's resources and things that you've been able to come to the table with to really be there for your operators during these difficult times
3: absolutely we're trying to get creative and see where we can provide benefit in contribution back to our operating partners um one area we've seen right now where we can provide uh, additional benefit to our operators is there's a lot of discussion in the marketplace right now about infection control and there's a lot of different ideas about solutions Uh, different products, different vendors. So currently we're working on a program that we call Smart Design um, that will assist our operators in retrofitting their communities to incorporate the latest state-of-art infection control technologies. Um, You know, in offering this product, um, we're thinking beyond just um, COVID. Um, We're also thinking these technologies can be uh, available to combat other viruses such as the seasonal flu, C. diff, uh, staph infections, things of that nature. And what we're doing is we've actually been engaged with a third-party consultant trying to bring together uh, a turnkey solution to be able to present to our operating partners um, different products um, that we've vetted with this consultant to be able then to provide to our operators and provide a financing solution to that as well. Um, So that's what we're actively engaged with right now um, on an additional aspect of trying to bring benefit to our operating partners.
2: Yeah, another example of where <clears throat> we um, have, you know, jumped in and tried to help our operators as, as, as we listen to them and, and identify uh, needs was, uh, as you recall, early on, there was a lot of chaos in the healthcare industry surrounding uh, PPE. Uh, amazingly, our industry was not prioritized in the rationing of the scarce supplies. Uh, And Mandy Hogan, our VP of Marketing and Investor Relations, was quick to jump in with our operators and um, open a portal on our website for them to uh, source PPE. And and there was a lot of confusion. I mean, prices for PPE range throughout the United States. I mean, our operators were competing with large hospital chains and other healthcare providers for the PPE, and 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 the prices were just you know, the, the, oh, such a wide range, you know, operators were wondering, you know, I'm seeing this price here in, you know, North Carolina, what's the price in Washington? And so um, we uh, opened that portal where they could um, exchange um, um, ideas, you know, and sourcing PPE um, suppliers, compare pricing. And um, also exchange ideas like surrounding um, infection control protocols. I mean we've come a long way since April. I mean we're learning um, new things about this virus even still and how it spreads. and um, our operators have been able to you know pivot and react quickly to um, you know the, the you know latest latest uh, things in the news and uh, latest um, uh, protocols that are working for other operators and Uh, You know, I have to commend Mandy, give her props for um, recognizing this early on and, um, you know, working hard to provide this platform for our operators.
3: It was amazing to see how just the collaboration among operating companies in that time of of uncertainty and distress and, um, you know, them being able and being willing to share with us, um, you know, sources where they found certain PPE. We found ourselves in a circumstance like, how did we share this information? And actually, the operators encouraged us to share it with others. So it was this um, collaborative industry approach that um, you know made you feel good about how uh, companies were trying to come together collectively and, and help each other out.
0: Well, you know, Lucas, we've talked about that oftentimes and many times on this show where we believe this is where our industry shines and it's in our team spirit and collaboration, the commitment, compassion that everyone that works in the industry has towards the common goal of providing great communities and services and healthcare to our wonderful senior adults and the older people that have come to live with us in our space. Um, It's really awesome to hear that echoed on this platform.
2: Yeah, there, there's been some really heartwarming stories through this. Um, there was a, a, a news piece, uh, uh, maybe it's been a month ago now, two months ago, about um, one of our residents, uh, his wife, he, he's a resident in the memory care um, uh, portion of the community. Uh, he suffers from dementia, and he and his wife had um, never been apart before. And with the um, lockdown uh, across the United States, uh, communities not being able to have visitors. Uh, his wife got very creative and she saw at the community, a, um, like help wanted sign, a help wanted uh, notice that they were looking for a dishwasher at the community. And so she applied for that position and got it. And, um, in that way she was able to, um, see her husband and provide, uh, the comfort and, um, Uh, You know, security of that he has was used to every day of their of his life, and uh, you know that was the community embraced that, and they were able to do it within the you know proper you know protocols of of the job, and it was just a really heartwarming story of how um, creative people have been through this, and the humanity of our operators and caregivers and residents and families. You've seen the signs. Um, held up as families do virtual visits outside. Uh, the um, residents are, are are brought to uh, the window and they can see their loved ones outside holding up signs. They've had uh, visitation parades and uh, it's just been really heartwarming to see the community rally around um, You know our, our seniors.
0: It has. And honestly, it's been great to read about it uh, when a time when I think there's um, unfortunately negative press, I have personally read um, a couple of the stories that we've talked about that you just mentioned and Virtual Connections have actually made natural, national press and uh, helped to shine a positive light and reflect the wonderful things that are actually happening happening even during a difficult time. So LTC REIT, uh, REIT done differently. I think we're hearing a little bit about that today. Probably not what many of our listeners think about when they think about a REIT. So thank you all for your work that you do behind the scenes to support these awesome operators across the country, big and small, to help continue to produce love stories that can be shared for years to come from a wonderful industry. That's part of why Bridge the Gap Platform was made and created was to be able to share uh, the wealth of information that folks like you bring to our industry. So thank you so much for being with us here today.
2: It was our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having
3: us. We appreciate it.
2: Share our story.
0: That's right. Thank you, Clint
1: and Pam, for a great conversation. And for those that are listening that want to know more information, you can go to btgvoice.com and also check the show notes and we'll make sure that we connect with uh, LTC and all of their information. And thanks everybody for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Industry Spotlight Series. Learn more about the podcast and our partners at btgvoice.com.